3: new week here on fantasy sports today on sports grid get ready for baseball's opening day later this week but we got bigger news to get to here on the show today i'm craig mish along with davis manic this is fst on this april the 4th 2022 no april fools today davis but we do have a national championship game to get to tonight a classic between duke and north carolina finding coach k Career over, probably. Uh, You know, some people feel like there's still a small chance he comes back after losing North Carolina twice during that season. Congratulations to them. They will take on Kansas tonight. Will North Carolina and Kansas, of course, is a four-point favorite in this game. The total is 152. The college basketball championship I cannot get enough of. I think we're in for a good game tonight, Davis. Hope your weekend was well. What's going on?
4: Yep, weekend uh, did go well. Pretty excited for this game. I mean, really, just a great sports week this week. We have opening day. We have the Masters, the NCAA championship. We have uh, the quarterfinal of the Champions League. I know Craig is not going to be tuned into that, but that is a, that is a pretty big deal in the overall sporting world. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely one of the best sports weeks of the year, and it's all it's all going to get capped off today or I, I guess started off with this uh national championship game And I, I do uh like kansas i did i did bet on kansas in this game obviously mm. north carolina has been fantastic but you know most of the the advanced uh, you know uh, kind of the ken palm numbers and stuff have kansas as the better team now obviously you know single game sample anything can happen but i do think they do probably get it done tonight
3: should be a really exciting game. And I think that does pose the question in terms of those of you who are going to watch the game from our perspective right here on in-game live later tonight. And also, of course, from a wagering perspective, no doubt. Let's take a look at the most outstanding player odds tonight before we get to some fantasy baseball and some NBA here on the show. Uh, it, it does look like Egbaji has the best shot to win the MVP. I'm sorry, most outstanding player if kansas wins it davis but if north carolina was to win look at this door that is open to try and pick this you don't normally see this i mean five players essentially play on the court at one time and you generally don't get these kinds of odds to go ahead and pick a, a different most outstanding player now caleb love is plus 450 he is the clear favorite here and, and loves a fantastic free throw shooter so at the end of the game if they're fouling him he's going to make his free throws but armando Backett. I don't know, David's paying attention to this, dude. 20 rebounds back to back games in college. Like, I thought the game has changed so much. What happened to all the three point shooting? This guy just eats up every rebound. He's plus 550. He's an NBA player at some point. Brady Manick will have to have a bigger game than those two to win the MVP. And then David McCormick, uh, he is 10 to 1. So, obviously, most feel that if Kansas wins, it is it is not going to be McCormick. But I, I think if North Carolina wins, it wins by a bucket it very well could come down to free throws, making your free throws at the end of the game where love should be the favorite. I believe he shoots like 84% from the free throw line.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you are, I think you are probably right. I mean, I, I would imagine that if you're betting Kansas, you're probably just not going to be touching this market, but if you're betting North Carolina, Caleb love back it, I mean, you're basically getting, you know, you're basically getting extra odds because I, I, I would assume that a huge percentage of the time in college basketball, the most outstanding player has gone to the winning team of the tournament. I mean, I am sure there are a couple historical examples of most outstanding player not being on the team that ends up winning on the championship. But of course, welcome to everyone on radio, sports good radio, Davis Maddock and Craig Mitch of the year going over the national championship tonight in college basketball. Uh, I guess the the interesting thing for uh Obaji is that he has I guess he's not had, you know, that strong of a tournament in terms of peripheral stuff. He scored a ton of points, right? 21 mm-hmm. points against Villanova, 18 against Florida, but not a ton of assists, deals, blocks, and things like that that you would kind of assume that a, a dominant college basketball player would have. So I, I do, I, I mean, I think I could see, uh, Backett is the one who looks most interesting to me in a North Carolina win because of what You pointed out, I mean, 21 rebounds and 11 points against Duke, 20 and 22 against St. Peter's, like yep. a massive 2020 in a, a final game. Like, that's going to be pretty convincing to voters,
3: yeah. And, and in watching uh, the game against Duke pretty closely, as I did on Saturday after making my way back from uh from spring training, you know, sometimes Davis, the way that the most outstanding player works, the way that the MVP works, is maybe back it has already won the most outstanding player. The reason why I say that is because during the game, uh, it looked like he had a serious injury. In fact, they took him off the Mm -hmm. court. He walked toward the uh, locker room. And then I don't know if you saw the YouTube clip that was floating around all weekend with him saying, uh, you know, basically vulgarity, but bleep it. I got to get back in the game and came back and played and played at a high level. So, you know, Davis, for me, if he has a decent game, are the voters for this award and i think it's something to consider when you're betting this have they already decided this guy's like you know dave was like a warrior like he came back in the game and he was so hurt and to me that's why if north carolina wins i think he has a shot definitely i i think
4: you make a you make a great point which is just to follow the narrative in general it's not always the guy with the best numbers remember when uh, andre iguodala won finals MVP without having a particularly great finals, just because he was the primary defender on LeBron James. And the voters wanted to give it to LeBron, decided not to because his team lost. So I, I do think you make a great point, which is these awards in general are all about the narrative.
3: Yeah, and uh, and look, if, if there was an award already, it would have been him for coming back in, no doubt. Uh, I, I thought he'd be out for the rest of the game, if not tonight too. But I mean, this guy did just come right back into the game pretty impressively all right nba playoffs are on deck we're going to take a look at what's at stake stay on the grid
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: VR training platforms, like the one developed
5: by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
3: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
5: Learn more at meta.com slash impact.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Races, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All
3: right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. The NBA playoffs are fast approaching. As well as Davis mentioned, so are the Masters and Opening Day and the Championship tonight. I feel like April is going to be a fun month for us here, uh, draft too coming uh, on Fantasy Sports today. Uh, but Davis, the uh, the landscape of the East is very interesting to say the least, without a doubt, because of course I think that we could make the case that any of the first four teams have a pretty good shot of coming out of the East, and we'll talk about the West too in the NBA. Uh, but there, there's also a chance that the current ten seed. Could come out of the East. And I mean, this is sort of my issue with the regular season of the NBA. And I suppose you could say that about all sports, but more so in the NBA, where you basically can completely sleepwalk for about five months. But provided you get in that playing game and provided you get, uh, you know, you get hot at the end of the season, you can end up winning a championship. We've seen that before, or at least a conference championship in the NBA. I guess the question is, and I'm alluding to Brooklyn, by the way, I'm alluding to that chance that Brooklyn certainly has. A shot not only to win when they're playing game, but also maybe to win the East.
4: No, I think you are I think you are certainly correct about that. I mean, honestly, in a way though, I feel glad that the play-in game exists because do you really want to be watching the NBA playoffs without Kevin Durant in it? Right? His team gets uh I mean, you know, the the Kyrie Irving stuff self-inflicted or or I mean not self-inflicted, but just Kyrie Irving not available for very many games. James Harden gets traded. Kevin Durant gets injured, and without these play-in games, Kevin Durant would not be in the playoffs. Right? We would be stuck with the Atlanta freaking Hawks as the eighth seed, and Kevin Durant would be at home on his couch. And tell me that the Brooklyn Nets play-in game is not going to be must-see TV, right? Tell me that that game and and it you know it doesn't look like the Lakers are going to make it. Uh, another couple bad losses for them the spurs are doing everything they can to avoid it but i mean lebron in a play-in game like that is that's tv people want to see for sure
3: yeah no doubt um and and i think that most most people probably would love a showdown if somehow the lakers would get in and somehow the brooklyn nets were to get in but uh let's take a look at it here in south florida because you know all we care about is the miami heat they are 50 and 28 on the season and uh what a great year they have had and and by the way the heat fans feel like davis they've been under the radar for the most part this season i don't know your feeling on that i guess we'll get it the celtics are surging they are 49 and 30 19 games over 500 milwaukee is a championship team my gosh philadelphia they could win the championship too with that team uh and then i guess let's not sleep on toronto uh although i will say chicago started off it feels like davis correct me if i'm wrong red hot looking like they could finish as a top four seed uh, that would be the one team I think that I would want to play in the first round if I was Boston, Milwaukee, or Miami. How about your thoughts?
4: So the Eastern Conference is fascinating because the Heat have been the best regular season team. They are not a good offensive team. They are very, very reliant on Tyler Hero making jumpers and Jimmy Butler making jumpers. But, you know, Bam not a shooter they play lots of guys who are not shooters you know pj tucker kyle lowry has worked on that part of his game but it's not you know a knockdown shooter um and that's kind of catching up with them here at the end but no one wants to play the heat because they are an absurd defensive team the heat and the celtics are crazy good i mean the celtics are number two in defense the heat are number one but if you go since the Derek white trade the celtics are like the best defense in the NBA. It'd be like if you extended it over 82 games, it'd be the best defense in the history of the NBA, basically points per possession. So that's fascinating. Um, But you are right. I mean, the heat have have fallen under the radar because everyone's talking about the nets and the Celtics have gone on this run and the bucks are the defending champs and they have Giannis and the 76ers do the James Harden trade, right? All of that stuff. And you also are right about the bulls for a while. They were the one seed in the East. Uh, The thing with the bulls is, they, they cannot beat good teams. Every time they go up against a good team who could just pound their defense, they lose because they are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA.
3: All right, so uh, the four teams that will only have two spots for it, uh, you know, in terms of the play-in games. And it, it would be kind of sad, honestly, if Cleveland uh, lost in that 7-8 and then lost again and got knocked out because, I, I mean, they've had such a good season. They were the best betting team in the NBA for, uh, what, like 80% of the seasons, but they've kind of fell and, fallen back to who they were with just a few games left they're the seven seed they'll play the Hawks and then the winner of that is in and they're the seven and then the loser will end up playing the winner of Charlotte and Brooklyn I see no scenario if this is Charlotte versus Brooklyn that Charlotte wins in my opinion so um and then Brooklyn essentially would move on to play the uh the losing team of Cleveland and Atlanta and I don't see any scenario Brooklyn loses to either of those two either so my thought is Brooklyn's going to be in somehow but then having to get through that and then end up playing Miami um most likely, or Boston, um, you know, that does I mean, I, I don't know Brooklyn's path to the championship is going to be tough having to win all these games.
4: It's going to be so tough and their defense stinks because they, they, so, so as a result of the James Harden trade, this is the trade-off they've had to make. So obviously you're playing Kyrie Irving, obviously you're playing Kevin Durant and then you have a choice. Do we want to go, with Nick Claxton or Andre Drummond at center to provide a little bit more size rebounding. But, you know, neither of those guys are particularly good defensive players. And then most of the time what Steve Nash has done to close games is played two of the smaller guards. So Mills, Curry, Drogic, which is good for offense. I mean, no one can stop that, right? You got Kevin Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with two guys who shoot 40% from three and good offensive centers in Claxton or Drummond. That's impossible to stop. But it's pretty much like it's just a, a boat race on the other end. It's like who can – and we saw that in that Celtics – or not the Celtics, the Bucs-Nets game that went to overtime the other night. It was just those teams trading baskets. Giannis ends up getting the better of them in the end. Um, so I, I, I just – they I feel like it's going to be almost impossible for them to make it to the finals unless Ben Simmons gets healthy because they just need another wing defender And the only other guy they have on the roster who fits that at all is James Johnson, who is like a total zero on offense, right? Can't shoot, can't really dribble, can't really do much of anything.
3: All right. So let's uh, move on uh, while we have the time to the Western conference and run through this real quick. Uh, You know, Phoenix, uh, a story of perseverance, I guess is the narrative there just doesn't matter who's on that court. Somehow they ended up winning 62 games already this season, 62 and 15 everyone in the playoffs, Davis, who are they rooting for? It's Memphis. We know that. It's John Morant. They're going to be favored. Everyone's going to want them to win, no doubt. 55 wins. Golden State still waiting on getting Curry back. Um, I mean, he'll be back for the playoffs, but it is a little concerning that he's still not back, I would say. And then Dallas, of course, has Luka going. Denver's got the great year from uh, Jokic, and uh, and Utah is 46-32 and 32 on the season. And so this is where the strength is davis of the west it's these six teams because i don't give any of these play-in teams a shot
4: yeah and i mean you know it is worth noting john Morant also injured as well he has not played since uh march 18th he's dealing with a knee injury as well and now obviously they've been good without john Morant in the lineup but they're not winning a playoff series without him um you know my my the whole time i've thought the warriors to me are probably the team coming out of the western conference assuming that curry is able to be back you know draymond got back clay thompson has been you know much improved from what he did first when he came back from that knee injury kaminga looks unbelievable i think they might start kaminga in the playoffs uh you know brett and i were going back and forth about him kind of wanted oklahoma city to take him but i it's uh, you know giddy's been good for them and kaminga looks they they just they've always needed someone like that you know uh, an athletic i got to give them some verticality probably the most athletic player they've had in the in the curry era and uh but i also none of these teams want to see the denver nuggets if jamal murray is back and playing which according to reports he's back he's playing five on five like we're pretty close to getting jamal murray back for the nuggets and if you're the suns if you're the warriors you do not want to be playing that team
3: all right the uh final four seeds here Uh, minnesota certainly better than the rest and by a lot without khalai on the clippers and then you have the pelicans who've been uh, respectfully a joke and then my gosh i mean san antonio they're going to be 15 games under 500 davis i mean minnesota or nothing for me here
4: yeah Minnesota's getting through you know maybe maybe the lakers but they're not even in it right now so I, yeah i think i think i'm with you i think the t- the t wolves get through
3: all right fantasy baseball season is approaching fast and coming up next we're going to preview the world series champion atlanta braves we'll run through their lineup on opening day which is a few days away stay on the grid
0: and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
5: Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere
4: you go look, there's gonna be a shortage of welders.
5: VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career.
4: The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need.
5: Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reeses, you did it! You stumped this charming devil!
3: Welcome back to fantasy sports today here on Sports Grid as our fantasy baseball previews continue today here on the show. Actually gonna go a little bit out of order. So if you're watching us on YouTube, keep in mind, uh, because of the A's trade over the weekend that sent Sean Manaya to the San Diego Padres, we're gonna pause them <laughs> just for the day. We'll take care of Oakland tomorrow. And when we figure out you know, what their rotation is gonna look like. By the way, Oakland could make some more trades too, I think, before opening day. So smartly, we're gonna go to a team that we know the lineup, we know the starting rotation. The only thing that we don't know, Davis, with the Atlanta Braves is basically the best, second-best, or third-best player in the world, Ronald Acuna Jr., who you're not going to find on any of our uh, graphics today, when he comes back. Because obviously that's the big fantasy question going into the Braves for the season.
4: It is, and uh, funnily enough, he was just officially placed on the uh, the 10-day Injured list. Just as we were at commercial break, right there, uh, it sort of depends on uh you know which which injury expert you are reading. I I do think that a, a nice little bit here is that the National League has added the full time designated hitter this season, so that's going to allow Acuna to come back pinch hitting. He can DH a little bit, so he can have you know a gradual return as opposed to having to go out and play defense right away. I would guess, just based off you know uh, ACL recoveries and things like that. I I think you're probably going to get what what do we think? You know he comes back in about a month and a half, two months from now. Mm-hmm. So you get you get about sixty-ish percent of the season for him is kind of what it seems like. And mm-hmm. and drafters are pretty optimistic on him in the NFBC. You know he's still going in mm-hmm. the second round of drafts, which for I mean, you could maybe get the number one hitter in baseball or, you know, he could suffer a setback and you could get him for two months, right?
3: Yeah, the steals is obviously the thing that you just can't quantify. But if, you know, 30 games in, let's say he plays 120 games and misses 40. I think that that's realistic. Um, You know, for the first 20 games, I would doubt, Davis, you're going to see this guy have the green light, like stealing second, stealing third. Maybe they will. I I don't know. I don't see that with the lower leg injury. But let's take a look at the Braves lineup as it stands on opening day, which will happen this week. We are here, 2022. Eddie Rosario, who was re-signed, the postseason hero for them. 14 home runs, 62 runs driven in last season. His ADP is in the top 200 because he's going to lead off. Ozzy Albi's his ADP is 18. Uh, look at those numbers, and, and you're shocked. Like, you basically can't believe this is what he did last year, but he did. 30 home runs at the second base position. You're not finding that anywhere else. That's why. Matt Olson signed the long-term deal. He's in the top 50, and, and Austin Riley is just outside it. Uh, Marcel Ozuna, his ADP is 184. Alex Dickerson is uh, 724. Adam Duvall is 218. Swanson, 120. And Travis Darno we have at 215, Davis. So what do you think about this lineup?
4: I mean, I, I think there are a couple guys here who are very intriguing values where they're going. Uh, Ozuna definitely being... One of them, uh, you know, when, when he gets significant playing time, I mean, he had 29 home runs in 2019 uh, hit 37 in 2017 as a member of your Miami Marlins uh, also randomly did steal 12 bases as a member of the Cardinals. Now, I guess an interesting thing is, you know, the, the Braves just run kind of way less as an organization. They're not a team that's, uh, you know, put, you know, puts the green light on for guys. He's uh, he's had just about 500 plate appearances. As a member of the Atlanta Braves, zero steals for Marcelo Zuna. So you're you're probably not getting that out of him in his age 31 season. But I think 30 home runs with a 270 batting average and, you know, in this lineup, 90, 95 RBIs, totally in the range of outcomes. And, uh, you know, also... I, I can't quite give up on Dan B. Swans, you know, former like <laughs> mega, mega prospect, right. you know, number one pick overall in twenty fifteen. He's never really done it. I mean, he was he was good last year as a member of the Braves, you know, played in 160 games, 27 home runs, nine stolen bases, the worst batting average of career, of his career, which was interesting. Um, but you know, if, if something happens with their order, if it just kind of clicks for him. You know, and he's batting second for them or something like that, which I don't think would happen. He'd have to be playing really, really well for that to happen. But I'm a little intrigued by him. And I think the market is too, by the way, because how many guys are are hitting out of the eight hole who are drafted in the top 130 picks? But I'm I'm still a little bit interested in Swanson.
3: All right. So uh, look, for me, I, I think that in terms of ADP, the one guy, Davis, that I would say that gives me the most intrigue is Ozuna at 184 yeah. obviously there's a lot of negativity surrounding him for good reason with everything that happened last year in his suspension but let's get real when acuna is back and and ozuna davis is batting in front of or back of albis olsen riley and acuna i mean don't forget he led the league in runs driven in in that shortened season in 2020 if he comes anywhere close to what he did in uh in 2020, he's going to be one of the MVPs of fantasy this year with an ADP of 184. Like, why is George Springer that far ahead of Marcelo Zuna Davis? I mean, put those two numbers together, and you'll see. All right, let's take a look at the projected rotation for the Tampa. um Excuse me, the Atlanta Braves here in 2022. Now, in terms of the way this rotation is going to stack up, it's pretty much the way that it was in the postseason. Davis with Max Freed right there at the top His ADP is 72. Charlie Morton's inside the top 100 again. Ian Anderson, to me, is the interesting one. Why is his ADP 153? Feels like he could be a, t- a two-starter on a lot of teams. Huascar uh, Hanoa, who was really good, he punched a wall, he missed the season, he is back. And then I'm not sure that uh, Kyle Wright um, at ADP 683 is going to even you know, make a few starts. But what I love about the Braves, Davis, is that this is the most unafraid team, right? Like the most unafraid GM, the most unafraid manager. If they need to get somebody else, they're going to do it. And how many times do you really count on the fifth starter? So I'm in on their top four starters. They got a great offense. It's going to be a tough division. Games in Philadelphia with that offense is tough. Miami's going to be better, tough. Washington, maybe not so much. But you got to love what the Braves are doing. They didn't run it all the way back with Freddie Freeman, but they got Matt Olson, and it, it kind of feels the same.
4: Yeah. So I actually, uh, Kyle Wright is a little interesting to me. Uh, so he was a first round pick in 2017 and you know pitchers just kind of take a while right some guys just take for a while and remember he actually pitched the second most innings uh of of braves relief pitchers in the world series he got five and two-thirds innings in the world series which i i think is fairly interesting because that was almost as many innings as he got in the regular season to begin with now he's had big control issues when he has pitched in the major leagues so that's true in 2019 true in 2020 true in 2021 but apparently uh, according to the Atlanta Journal Constitution Justin Texcano reported this he is one of the front runners for that final two spots you know so i think he probably is going to make the rotation and if he has two strong starts to begin with two or three strong starts i could see him you know kind of just being that fifth guy and I, don't know, I just, I I, I love, uh, the Braves have lots of these guys, you know, just these former top overall picks who've never quite come good. Uh, and I, I agree with you, the Ian Anderson ADP looks a little low. I like him as one. Well. Obviously, they should be a team with lots of wins, which we like.
3: Yeah, and, and that's the thing, is it's so hard to project wins. We say that every single season. But what makes the Braves different, Davis, than a lot of other teams in terms of chasing wins? I'm going to show you right here. Look at this bullpen. Uh, I mean, is, is there a better bullpen in baseball? I I don't know. I mean, Kenley Jansen, I I guess you could poke holes and say he's not what he used to be. But I I mean, last year, he certainly showed he can be. Will Smith from the left side, he could be a closer too. his ADP is 149. And this is down from where it was a few weeks ago, once when they signed Jansen. Tyler Matzik's ADP is 635 because, uh, Davis, he's got no shot at getting saves, but his numbers are unbelievable. He was great in the postseason. They also, let's not forget, sign Kirby Yates. I don't even know where he fits in. He'll probably be like, what, the sixth inning guy? So what does this tell you? If the Braves hit at all and their guys stay healthy, the starting pitchers are going to get a lot more wins because their bullpen is formidable. And so I don't know about drafting all these guys, Davis, the NFBC, but that gives me a little boost for their some of their starting pitching.
4: Yeah, and uh, by the way, one of the best long relievers in baseball as well, Colin McHugh was, uh, you know, just absolutely lights out for the Tampa Bay Rays last year. Uh, had been had been a really good starter for the Houston Astros and struggled, you know, with health. So they converted him to be a bullpen guy in Tampa Bay. He was really good at that. So I'm I'm totally with you. I would say. You know, remember this time last year, Craig. I was telling you, Kenley Jansen, like that's my guy. I thought the market was discounting him way too much because he kind of started to have some velocity and some walk troubles and stuff. His uh, two two years ago for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and you didn't have to, you you were you were not paying for those concerns. Now, uh, it's the market is treating Kenley Jansen like hundred percent. He's good to go. This guy, he's gonna get all the saves. There's there's no problems with his performance or anything, but. Now, Kenley Jansen is, is, you know, another year older. He is 34 years old. We see this, you know, it comes and goes with relievers all the time. He did walk a ton of guys last year relative to his career averages. So I kind of prefer taking the Will Smith side of this bullpen, given how much those guys cost.
3: Yeah, and and I would say that we did not show a a, uh, ADP or a graphic on Kirby Yates. But and I know he's missed a lot of time and, and injuries without a doubt. But if you're looking for a last round flyer of like give me worst case scenario with the Braves losing one, two guys, remember Smith and Matzik Davis, both lefties, Yates a righty. And so if if Snicker wants to go with a right handed closer to just sort of bridge until Jansen comes back, I'm not wishing injury on anyone, but if that happens, who knows? Maybe Kirby Yates is the closer of the braves really good team easy to talk about right here on fantasy sports today no doubt we'll do oakland tomorrow that's going to be uh a lot more difficult <laughs> to go through their team this year it's it is not pretty all right coming up next it's time for us to do a little fantasy or reality then we got to get out of here one o'clock we got donnie standing by along with kevin walsh and then scott pharrell in the house to preview the national championship game tonight stay on the grid
2: great great <laughs>
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid, Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock with you here on the show. And Davis, uh, before we get to some fantasy or reality, uh, happy to hear that your big fantasy baseball draft is coming up. I I mean, this is so sad. I'm hearing from so many people. They're like, how many drafts you win this year? And what do you think? I'm like, wow, this is the least amount of fantasy baseball drafts I've been in. Uh, I was like nervous to draft. And now it just kind of like caught up on me. So... You know, I dropped out of a couple of the experts leagues this year. I didn't want to draft before, like, again, during the lockout. I thought that was nonsense. But I believe your draft is coming up tonight. Is that right? In the NFBC?
4: Yep. NFBC main event. Uh, I'm not sure what league number we are, but uh, the same same guys I drafted with last year. We uh, we battled all season long. We lost our second and third round picks to injury. We got like 30 games at a Mondesi. I think Zach Allen started like 12 games or something like that in the end. But we were pretty far behind. The eight ball managed to grind to a fourth place finish in our league, which is uh, right outside of the money. Not that great. But uh, I think, you know, if we if we run a little hot on injuries this year, I think we feel pretty good. And um, We just did our, our big strategy call last night. And we're, we're pretty excited.
3: I'm excited for you. I want to talk about it tomorrow here on the show. we got to save some time for that. No doubt. Uh, All right, now, Brett Levy is standing by. He always has some fun topics and questions for us as we close out our show. Here is fantasy or reality.
6: All right, guys. So starting off today, Frank Gore made some news Yesterday, announcing he's signing a one day contract with the 49ers to retire as a 49er. Um, and obviously, we think Frank Gore is going to Canton. Another running back currently being discussed for Canton is Marshawn Lynch. But we've seen a big decrease in the running back position and how it's valued and how it's used over the last decade in the NFL. So we have to ask. And Davis, we'll start with you frank gore and marshawn lynch will be the last two running backs to get into the hall of fame is this a fantasy or reality
4: so i uh i definitely agree with the premise of this conversation i mean like just you know think about guys like uh you know ezekiel elliott and and whatnot you know guys who were you know even christian mccaffrey right first round pick guy's so great he gets injured um but I, the, the idea that he that these two guys would be the last ones ever seems unlikely because you know in a decade or now or whatever there will be some guy who's so phenomenal and also you know I think we are going to see more guys extend their career via becoming like third down backs or whatever you know I mean there are plenty of guys who are thirty. Who are playing running back and they just kind of take on reduced roles. Uh, you know, Jarek McKinnon, an example of that. A, I mean, Jarek McKinnon's been in the NFL forever, and now he's just a third down back. He he almost made the Super Bowl with Kansas City. Looking at um, you know guys in the NFL right now, I I wonder if Derrick Henry makes the Hall of Fame. Actually, I I wonder if Derrick Henry wonder. could retire tomorrow and and still and still be on that Who's list. Doing? I mean, Derrick Henry's never. Wa- Well, he's never won anything, which I think is definitely a big, you know, I mean, what he's he's won one playoff game. I think one playoff game he's won, but he led the NFL in rushing twice, uh, you know, a 2000 yard season, uh, has won AP offensive player of the year, which I think is pretty big, you know, because basically that that's saying like a quarterback has to win MVP, but you had a really impressive season. So I, I think Henry could, I also wonder if Jonathan Taylor gets there, if he stays healthy, uh, you know sort of famously jonathan taylor going back to high school has never missed a game so if jonathan taylor just compiles stats for the next six seven years i could see him being one but but that's it um you know looking at alvin kamara dalvin cook nick chubb like i don't think any of these guys are even close so uh, henry henry would be the one right now i would say is the closest
3: yeah and and so you look the the point that first of all i think derrick henry's in the hall of fame but to your point um, if you look at Terrell Davis's numbers, Davis, he has no business yep. being in the, in the Hall of Fame, but he's won but the But he, Super he
4: Bowl won Games. something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Right. So that makes the point uh, for you. No question. I understand that. Um, I got reality here on both. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, You know, m- maybe his numbers don't stack up with some of the others, but a wildly popular player, uh, attention getter, speech, you'd want to watch it. Like, p- play that narrative along. I I think both these guys, I think this is easy, by the way. I think this is reality. I think both these guys are going, you're going to keep Frank Gore out of the Hall of Fame with his numbers? Yeah, he compiled the last few years. Yeah, he really didn't win all that much. But if stats mean anything in the NFL, and they're not going to mean as much moving forward, given their 17 games, I, I think both these guys get in. And by the way... First ba- I, I think there's a chance that both these guys get in on the first ballot, too. But I, I would say Gore has a great chance at a first ballot uh, Hall of Fame. And I do think Lynch will get in eventually, too. So reality for me.
6: All right. Well, going over to baseball, Craig. One of your favorites from when I first started working with you was just DFA'd, so I had to ask you about him, Shogo Akiyama is not going to make the reds opening day roster he was designated for assignment we don't know if he'll go play triple a ball or if he's going to sign somewhere as a free agent yet so craig we'll start with you shogo akiyama will play in the majors this season is this a fantasy or reality i like i like when
3: brett sort of sticks it to me here on the show you know it's like you liked akiyama and i drafted him in a league and he stinks now we're going to do fantasy reality to remind you of that yeah i i I understand where you're going with that here uh look it's uh i i I probably davis ready to sell you some of my psa 10 akiyama's i'll be honest uh look here is the thing is that what's changed in baseball is that you still have amazing players coming from overseas and succeeding like Otani is one of them maybe this kid that the Cubs got Suzuki um,
4: yeah Suzuki. Is,
3: is good I forget his name I apologize but maybe he's good too uh, Seiya. regardless Seiya we're seeing- Suzuki. Oh, Suzuki yeah we're seeing a lot of failures though too that is the problem Tsutsugo does not look like he is gonna live up to what Tampa thought he was I know he's on Pittsburgh now Akiyama also a bust uh Cleveland um, you know has a has a kid as well. The the dynamics of this have changed because Davis the money is so good that the players coming from overseas like don't care anymore. It used to be rare. We used to get like one player yeah. every four or five years, but now they look at these U.S. dollars and are like, "I'll just take the money. Maybe I mean, I'll make it. Yeah. Maybe I'll be a fifth outfielder. Maybe I'll never make it. Does it really matter?" Um, I don't. I don't think so. I, I you know I, I the Reds are a really bad team, and he's not going to make their team. I don't think he's going to make anyone else.
4: No, he, he's going to. Yoshi Tsutsugo is going to be the opening day designated hitter for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he's not any good. I mean, he was on the Dodgers for a little bit last year. So, I mean, maybe he doesn't make someone's opening day roster, but, you know, the the Cleveland Guardians, it's August. They need somebody. I mean, it, it could be the Pirates. It could be, you know, a, a team that, ju- that just uh, – needs a designated hitter, needs a fourth outfielder, whatever. I mean, there are I was going through depth charts when we were doing our, our NFBC stuff yesterday and like uh the, a guy who's projected to start for the Diamondbacks on day one, Jake McCarthy, like didn't have a baseball reference page. Like no one knows who this guy is. So there are there are definitely teams who could use an outfielder. I, I and I was look you know looking at our outline and I was like, how old is Shogo Akiyama? because you don't know because obviously these guys are new to us he's 34 years old it's not like uh this is like some sad story for this guy where his career didn't pan i mean he spent a decade mashing the ball over in japan already like it's like it's like you know he's already had a long and storied career so so don't don't cry too much for him but I, i i would imagine he does make it onto a roster eventually
3: yeah
6: all right well our last one is about the grammys because the three of us notoriously great at knowing everything going on in award shows (laughs) and all the latest happenings in pop culture so we have to ask and davis we'll start with you you know who won song of the year and album of the year at the grammys last night you have to know both to get credit here davis is this a fantasy or reality i mean this is this is such a fantasy it's it's
4: unbelievable the only time i ever know what's going on with the grammys is if one of my favorite rappers is is nominated for rap album of the year i remember um macklemore's stupid album winning over kendrick lamar's winning over good kid mad city and just being like if that's what they're going to do, if that's the purpose of the Grammys, then I'm like, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to tweet about it. I'm not going to pay attention. Uh, and then they did the same thing to Mac Miller the year that he died for, for swimming. It got nominated but didn't win. So I'm out. I don't know what won Song of the Year. Uh, there is. I, I want to say I am now to the age, Craig, where there is a chance that not only do I not know who won Song of the Year, there is a realistic chance I may have not heard song of the year because i'm i am now that old
3: yeah like i mean this is a great setup to just go back to bread and ask because i have absolutely positively no clue who won song of the year last night at the grammys i have no clue i will tell you exactly what i was doing last night when the grammys were on and it's probably says more about me than anything else but mlb network uh, davis they had a documentary on don mattingly called Donnie Baseball. And so clearly, given that I know the man, I really wanted to watch this and I thought it was very well done. I was aware that that was going on at the same time. I made my choice. By the way, Davis, a rare watch of something live on TV that was not a game. <laughs> I I, want, I did not want to get ruined by that show. Uh, I didn't want to hear about it from anywhere else. And I knew some people who were being interviewed for that and I'm being interviewed for one too. So naturally I wanted to get some fashion tips from that last night as well. Truth, true story uh fantasy. Brett, go ahead. Who won?
6: All right. So album of the year we are by John Batiste and song of the year. I guess this one's kind of uh, unfair because the band name is silk Sonic, but it's really Bruno Mars and Anderson pack. I believe, uh, and their song of the year is leave the door open so those those are the winners um and congrats to everyone that won
4: yep congrats congrats to everyone that won so i'm i i have the winners list up here uh i do know who john batiste is i don't i i think maybe he's done music with a couple rappers, who I know, like I think maybe he's done instrumentation for them. But I'm looking at uh, the the rap and hip hop categories, and I do I do know these songs and these albums. So this is oh, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not I've not gone. Uh, so uh, Ken- Kanye West, one of his songs, won best rap song, uh, and then Tyler the Creator won best rap album, and I actually saw his concert. So I I feel um, young enough. I feel I feel ingratiated enough that uh, that i've not gone i've not gone full boomer yet craig
3: yeah i i just i don't know it's kind of sad for me too that all of these award shows brett is right we are sort of pathetic but but i guess the question is (laughs) brett oh we don't we don't have the time how many seconds we got i'm sorry 30 30 seconds brett did you know who won did you watch this last night full transparency here did you yes or no
6: no I, I did not watch i did not oh watch. so the, why are you even bringing
3: it up on our show like, come on man look like you, if you don't know you think that we are gonna know maybe parker knew i don't know be right back with sports grid. great right, great
2: right.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Davis and I will be right back here tomorrow previewing... The Oakland A's 2022 fantasy season. If the Oakland A's preview doesn't get you to tune in live to Sports Grid, nothing else will. Here's Davis with the Sports Grid 60.
4: You know, Craig, I can really tell that my brain is broken because this week is so great for sports. We got the men's basketball championship. We had the women's basketball championship last night. We have the Masters coming up. We got Champions League. I got my main event draft tonight. What did I spend this morning doing? Was I, was I you know, working through? Was I watching tape of KU? No, I was opening up my Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues and, and sending out some trades so it's it's it's, uh and i don't even like this about myself you know there's so much going on so much i could be paying attention to all you know all these amazing sports going on and i can't i can't help myself i'm there you know setting out trade offers for james white in 30-man dynasty leagues i i need to i need to seek help i think
3: i have definitely made the pivot away from football for a few months with baseball coming up i will say that one other pivot i would like to make and i don't like getting rid of holidays per se But uh, as you guys know, for those of you who watch the show every day, I took Friday off and I took my son to his final spring training game of 2022 with spring training coming to an end. But I could not go on social media. I could not take a phone call. I could not watch anything on TV with constantly being reminded it was April Fool's Day and people playing April Fool's jokes. Even Dusty Baker at the game we were at ended up wearing long hair like as a joke. Can we do away with April Fool's? As somebody who likes to break news, follow sports, I am... Done with April Fool's Day. Now I didn't get fooled at all, and nothing really happened or came out of it. But I am just not a fan of being tricked every year, once a year, and so I'm requesting that we are done with that holiday if we can. Thank you to uh, LTN. Thank you to Parker. Also, of course, uh, thank you to uh, Danny and Ryan and everybody else involved in the show today. Thank you to Brett Levy and Davis Maddock. I'm Craig Vish tomorrow. Great, great.
1: It's simple, really. Listen. Win. Don't listen. lose. I mean, duh. This is the home of the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or.